Buddhist Geeks. Seriously Buddhist, seriously geeky. Episode 161, Happiness. There's an app for that. We're joined this week by author and social media expert Soren Gordhammer to discuss the fertile, though sometimes volatile, intersection between inner wisdom and external technology. Buddhist Geeks is supported largely by the generosity of our listeners. If you like what we're doing, please consider making a one-time or monthly recurring donation by visiting BuddhistGeeks.com forward slash donate. Hello, Buddhist Geeks. This is Vince Horn, and I'm here joined today in Boulder at our studio with a special guest. His name is Soren Gordhammer. Soren, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, swoop through Boulder and uh, speak with us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, pleasure to be here. And just to let people know kind of where you're coming from in this conversation, you are the author of a book called Wisdom Mm 2.0, and the subtitle is Ancient Teachings for the Creative and Constantly Connected, Mm -hmm. which I suspect is pretty much everyone listening to this show. (laughs) So we'll get into that a little more. And you also are a writer for Huffington Post, which is a really popular online I don't know how you describe it, but it's kind of taking over the online journalism in a uh-huh. way, it's sort of supplanting in some ways traditional journalism. Mm-hmm. And then you also write for a really popular social media blog called Mashable. And you're writing there on topics like Twitter and mindfulness and getting some cool stuff out there into the social media world. Yeah, I write actually for um, Mashable. Some of the posts I've done recently are like the Tao of tweeting, Zen in the Art of Twitter. But then I also write on how social media is impacting business and society. So I've written pieces covering Whole Foods' approach to social media, Zappos' approach to social media, and then actually ways to use and effectively engage with social media. Nice. So it's a little bit of both. Yeah, so it sounds like your interests and your professional life are kind of steeped in these two areas of the kind of contemplative and then the tech and the social media. Definitely. So cool. Yeah, the living a 2.0 life wisely. Yeah. And mindfully, yeah. Well, that's kind of what I'm most interested in speaking with you about, mm-hmm. uh, since that is the, the area you've spent so much time reflecting on and exploring. In your recent book, Wisdom 2.0, it says in the subtitle, for the creative and constantly connected. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if you found that there's certain shadow sides to technology that kind of inhibit us from living this kind of wise life, like you're saying. Oh, definitely. I think there's great potential with technology and there's great potential dangers of technology. And I think in the past, someone went to work and then at five o'clock they got off and they went home and they spent time with their family and they hung out. And there wasn't a way of engaging with work situations from their home. And then the personal computer came and the internet, and then you could actually get on and do some work and communicate from your house with your laptop. Now with handheld devices and smartphones, we're essentially reachable all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. So we could be hanging out with our kid or hanging out with our partner and constantly be checking our email or constantly kind of be half present in our real world and then half connected digitally. And I think that's a particular danger today is that people are actually potentially less and less present for one another because they've allowed their devices to kind of take over their lives. So I think that's one of the potential hazards. It's not inherent in the technologies. And I think, in fact, today, the beauty of this situation is that never before has it been more important to explore what a mindful life is in our day and age, where maybe in the past living mindfully was something to be kind of nice for a certain segment of the population. 
now for like huge segments of the population, it feels like without a mindful life, it gets crazy. Mm. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I remember watching just a few weeks ago this special on Frontline called Digital Nation. Oh, yeah. And one of the things they were kind of showing was that all these younger people now who are multitasking constantly mm-hmm. think that they're really good at it, but in fact, their attention is really, really scattered. And they're kind of showing that now yeah. through scientific studies that there's this way in which we're just constantly yeah. scattered. Yeah, there was a study at um, Stanford that they did uh, a few months ago, and they had shown that the more you do it, uh, actually, the less effective you are. <laughs> And yet, at the same time, there's no reason that checking our email or engaging can't be a mindfulness practice, can't be engaged consciously, can't be an effective tool. But I think, again, the question is, how much priority do we put to the external versus how much priority do we put to the internal? And if internally our state of mind is one of hurry and frustration and unease, then we can have all the fanciest incredible gadgets and millions of followers on Twitter and millions of fans on Facebook, and we're going to be miserable at the same time. Mm. So I think that the kind of real question is, is how do we live a life that's inwardly rich and engaged and meaningful, and then also externally use the great technologies of our age effectively? Can we find a life that actually has a balance between both of those? Mm. And it sounds like when you write for a place like Mashable, you're probably talking more to the people who are skewed to the side of... Yeah. Always being focused on the external. Do you end up giving them any particular suggestions or techniques or anything that would be helpful for kind of balancing that? Mm-hmm. Well, so I just came out with actually a post today called, uh, um, I forget the exact title, but it was something about managing attention in the social media lifestyle. For those of us who engage in social media, we have Twitter, we have Facebook, now we have Google Buzz, and then not to mention emails and text messages and all kinds of ways we're gathering information. What I talked about was the importance of not multitasking, doing one thing at a time. And then I brought in this really interesting quote from Tony Shea, who's the CEO of Zappos. He tweeted actually one time, he said that, and I don't have the exact quote, but it goes something like this, the um, hardest and most important lesson that I learned in my life was that the external world is simply a reflection of my internal world. And so the post talked about, you know, when the internal world is filled with stress and um, worry and fear and whatever else is going on, that inevitably the work that we're doing, whether it's engaging social media, working on a report, whatever we're doing is going to be impacted by our internal state. So it's very helpful then to take time, whether that's going for a walk or meditating or exercise or whatever that is, to tend to our internal state and then externally we'll actually see more positive results as well. Nice. And you mentioned things like mindfulness meditation and exercise. And are there certain things you find are, are kind of the, the most crux for focusing on the internal world? Are there certain things you find are really helpful, like maybe yourself? Yeah, I have my own. Yeah. And, and I'm also very careful to share those as what works for me. And I know that for a lot of people... It's different, and I have been kind of careful, particularly with my communication with the tech world, not to kind of come across as someone who's advocating a particular type of meditation or a particular type of practice, Mm -hmm. but just saying that, you know, there could be people, there probably are people on the planet today who can actually live fully present in every waking moment of their life, right, 24-7, like somehow their ego and their old patterns have like completely gone. But for the rest of us, we're somewhere in the middle, right? There's a certain level of awakening, but there's not kind of a full level of awakening. And so for us, I think it particularly helps to have some time each day where we're just quiet. 
we're not taking in new information. We're kind of emptying our cup. You know, the old Zen story where the professor goes to the Zen master and says, I know all this information about Zen and starts telling the Zen master all the information he has. And the Zen master uh, responds by saying, would you like some tea? And the professor says, yes. And he starts pouring him tea. But even as the cup is full, he just keeps pouring and pouring and pouring. And the professor says, stop pouring. You know, the cup won't take any more, more tea. And he says, of course, just like the cup, your mind is so full of information, it can't take anymore. So I think that for those of us who are trying to balance this life of mindfulness and technology, it's extremely important to have some time where we're not taking in information and we're bringing attention to our breath and our internal world, and we're not as focused on our external world. But then the challenge, of course, is to not become a good meditator. The challenge is to become awake, right? And to bring that sense of awareness and full engagement no matter what we're doing. And if we're checking email, can we do that fully? If we're tweeting, can we do that fully? Whatever it is, can we bring our full attention to that? And that whatever we imagine our life is going to be in the next moment, we never know. We don't even know what the next you know, five seconds is going to be like, much less the next day. And I think that if we can use or engage with technology in a way that's fully engaged in the moment, I think then technology can be something that we use rather than something that uses us. And I think for millions of people in our culture right now, technology actually feels like something that uses them rather than something they kind of creatively engage with. We were talking a little before the interview, it sounded like a lot of people are sort of retweeting these articles and it seems like there's a lot of interest and maybe even like a hunger Mm. for that Mm. type of perspective. Yeah. Every community feels like has their myths or has their taboos or has their shadow or has the things that they don't like to talk about. In my experience with the tech community, one of the myths that kind of floats around that community is that technology can satisfy all our needs and desires. Technology can make us happy. There's an app for that. (laughs) Yeah, there's an app for that. (laughs) Happiness, there's an app for that. And Apple's just about to create the thing that the last iPhone wouldn't do it, but this new iPhone or iPad or whatever it is, is going to make you happy. So what I kind of feel like is, and it's not really big breaking news, but it's, it's important to realize that none of this will make us happy. Inherently, it cannot make us happy if it's a subject to decay and to change. Um, and it's inherently unsatisfying. And I feel like sometimes in the tech community, there's so much fascination with technology that there's a hesitancy. It's almost like you're, you're not supposed to say that, right? <laughs> because everyone's so into the gadgets. But at the same time, I feel like actually acknowledging that means that then we can kind of creatively engage with the gadgets. But as long as we see that and believe that they're going to make us happy, I think we'll inevitably be unsatisfied. I know we'll be inevitably unsatisfied, just as you know, sex and money and all the other things in this world, they're beautiful mm-hmm. when, when they're related to and, and understood. And when we seek our sense of self in them, or we seek true happiness and satisfaction in them, we're continually disappointed. So I think the um, balance with the tech communities, can we honor all the great things that technology provides and at the same time realize that there's another level of happiness that they're not going to provide? And I think that a lot of people, you know, we've kind of been in the honeymoon stage with technology, and I feel like that honeymoon stage is just about ending. It's kind of like being in a relationship and everything's wonderful and, you, you know, you love each other and everything's great. And then there comes a time where it's like, okay, how do we really get along together? And I feel like a lot of people now are having that kind of question with the gadgets in their lives. They want them, they like them, 
and they're kind of saying, okay, how do, what is a healthy relationship with these? So next topic I thought would be interesting to explore is that you're not only writing about this, but you're also organizing a conference this spring in the Bay Area on Wisdom 2.0. And in that you're bringing together all sorts of spiritual figures, you know, mm-hmm. Zen Roshi's and editor mm-hmm. for the Yoga Journal and uh, Tammy Simon, who we've mm-hmm. had on the show, who runs Sounds True, the spiritual media company. And then you're bringing all these sort of tech luminaries together mm-hmm. with them. So it's an interesting mix of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what you hope or what you think might come from a kind of conference or dialogue or conversation about these two areas from these sort of luminaries. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going to come from it, but the spirit behind the uh, intention is that um, there's a lot of people who've been really exploring the internal technologies of the mind and the body of the heart. And then there's this whole other group who've been creating the external technologies that we use, Facebook and Twitter and Google and things, and that it's important that these don't stay separated, that actually these two communities have a lot to share with one another. If we're going to move to any kind of sane society, it's not just going to be one group that has the answer. It's going to be kind of a, a merging of both communities. So the idea behind it was to look at this question of what does it mean to live a mindful and meaningful and wise life in our day and age? And that it's very important to include the people from the tech community in that discussion because they're essential to have. So the idea with the conference was what would it be like if you could bring the vice president of Twitter, the vice president of Google, people from Facebook, all these different technology crowd uh, with these other people from kind of more the inner wisdom crowd and engage on the subject together. And so that's really the spirit of the conference. And it's a total experiment. But what's been the most surprising and reassuring to me has been the level of interest from both communities in this discussion. You know, you think, well, what would a person from Twitter, right, have to say about consciousness and tech? It turns out that um, there's numerous people at Twitter who are fully interested in this conversation. A friend of mine actually leads a mindful, he works at Twitter, and he leads like a mindfulness class at Twitter each week. Wow. We were talking earlier about Ming Tan, who's the head of personal growth at Google, and they do all kinds of personal growth type courses at Google. So this is starting to happen within the tech community. It feels like a conference would be one way to kind of gather it, learn lessons, and explore it further and dive into it. And also a way for people to meet one another who are interested in the subject. You know, like people who want to meet and develop relationships and friendships with other people who are also exploring the same subject. Nice. So, uh, yeah, that's yeah. been exciting. And just in case people are in the area or interested in checking it out, how would they find out more about the actual conference? Uh, you can do a search for Wisdom 2.0 Conference or wisdom2conference.com. Okay. And there's still yeah. seats available. There's still seats available. Not yeah. for long, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of wisdom it, it going w- on. Yeah, it really will be a, a unique gathering. Unlike, I'm billing it as a technology, it's a tech conference, and we're going to talk about technology. Where we're having it is right next to Google. It's right in the heart of Silicon Valley. And it feels like that's the appropriate place for it. And I think that it'll be whole different kind of tech conference and it feels like it's helping to foster a conversation that is ripe for our culture at this time that our culture is ready for this conversation so the idea with the conference is to gather people together and explore this and there'll be presentations from all kinds of different people like my friend at twitter is going to do one on mindfulness and twitter can you engage how do you engage with twitter mindfully and um ming tan from google there's going to be an interview with him on what's the personal growth program like at Google, what's the lessons they've learned, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what can they share with the larger world about that program. 
So there'll be all kinds of different panels and presentations. And then the videos will be uploaded online eventually for people to view for free. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us about this topic that's really kind of at the heart of Buddhist geeks as yeah. well. Uh-huh. I mean, we're, we're Buddhists, but we're geeky. <laughs> and I know a lot of people that listen to the show are work in the tech world and are interested mm-hmm. in that stuff. And so I think this is something that'll be really interesting for people. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate your sharing some of what you've learned Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, in the process. Yeah, and I think I think we can honor all sides. You know, we can honor our side that's whether it's interested in Buddhism or some other inner world, inner life aspect, and we can honor the part that just loves gadgets and loves technology and loves the potential of them. Join us for the fourth annual Buddhist Geeks Conference. Hosted in partnership with Mindful Cyborgs and Shambhala Sun from October 16th through the 19th in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. This year's conference will be exploring the convergence of Buddhism with modern culture and technology through informative keynote presentations, idea-packed TED-style talks, self-organizing community dialogues, and contemplative workshops and practice periods. This year's list of presenters includes the world's most quantified man, Chris Dancy, abbot of the village Zendo in New York City, Roshi Pat Enkyo O'Hara, and pragmatic Dharma provocateur, Daniel Ingram, as well as many others. For more information and to register, visit BuddhistGeeks.com conference. After nearly a year in private beta, the Buddhist Geeks Network is now open for any independent practitioners who want to engage in interdependent practice. You can find out more about the Buddhist Geeks Network by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. And if you'd like to join the community and join us in regular social meditation practice or other events that we host there in the network, all freely offered, you're very welcome to do so, again, by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. Love to see you there.